Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Laura Brodnick. And I'm Key Reese. And today, Katie Holmes is celebrating the 15th birthday of her daughter, Suri, which wouldn't be exciting except that he's got the world looking back on her infamous relationship with Tom Cruise and the story is even more bizarre than we first thought. So obviously, Key and I need to talk about that. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. The cast of SAS Australia 2021 has been announced and look, it is pretty wild. So in a statement released to Mamma Mia, Channel 7 confirmed 18 celebrity recruits will face what they're calling the most difficult SAS course yet. So some of the recruits include NRL star Sam Burgess, who clearly needs a little bit of an image overhaul, tennis legend Mark Philippoussis, dual Olympian Yana Pittman, celebrity chef Manu Fidel, bra boy Kobe Aberton, so random, and then socialite Bryn Edelston and singer-songwriter Pete Murray, who seems way too sweet to be on this. No, Pete, what are you doing? Don't do it, Pete. You're too beautiful too. And then we also had singer-songwriter Bonnie Anderson, TV presenter Erin Holland, actor Isabel Cornish, and Iron Man Jet Kenny, who I 100% have my money on because he's been through an Iron Man, which I feel like is kind of similar. I don't know. Channel 7 has also confirmed that elite ex-Special Forces soldiers Ant Middleton, Mark Billy Billingham, Jason Foxy Fox and Ollie Ollerton are returning to lead the recruits. And just for a refresher, the recruits will be subjected to extreme physical endurance, sleep deprivation, interrogation and psychological testing. In other words, excellent television. So this new season of SAS Australia will premiere on Channel 7 and 7 Plus later this year and we are sure as those teasers drop, we'll have something to say about them. Something that I have a lot to say about is this cute couple alert. Well, kind of, sort of, we're not quite sure. The couple in question, actress and my personal style icon, and some maybe say doppelganger or is that a bit of a reach? Well, I'm going to claim it anyway. Zoe Kravitz and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Zola actress Taylor Page. So here's the thing. On Saturday, Zoe went and posted a very cute selfie of the pair to Instagram with a very vague caption. In the pic, they are grinning from ear to ear. Their faces are loving smushed up against each other and then Zoe's caption read so dot 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 this is the thing she tagged Taylor and then added a heart eye emoji this absolutely sent the internet myself included because one I absolutely stand this romance and two I had no idea Taylor was even single so we know that Zoe filed for divorce from her estranged husband of one and a half years Carl Glasman in December RIP that relationship because they were also very cute but as far as I knew Taylor was dating Grey's Anatomy hottie Jesse Williams and they appeared as recently as February in a GQ interview together as part of its modern love issue but their appearances on each other's social medias have waned 
But Zoe, on the other hand, has been lighting up Paige's comments and vice versa. One can only dream that this is true, but only time will tell, Laura Brodnick. And from one epic new relationship to another, well, at least I hope, we need to talk about the newest great love story of our time, and that is Chris Evans and Lizzo. So on Saturday, Lizzo posted a TikTok video that showed she had drunkenly sent Chris Evans a message on Instagram to indicate that she was shooting her shot. So she sent a wind-blowing emoji, an athlete emoji, and a basketball emoji. And I feel like that's all you need to say. Like, he would have been picking up what Lizzo was putting down. So in the video where she talks about the message, she lip-syncs to audio from TikTok personality Tatiana Mitchell, which says... The reason I'm upset about this one is because I know I'm not going to be able to marry him. And honestly, it hurts me to the core because... Damn, Papa, he a rare breed. No comparing. So in the video, she's pointing to the message that she sent to Chris Evan, but also the fact that he follows her on like social media platforms. And I've got to say, this shook me to my soul because I am also very upset. Like I have a physical pain when I look at Chris Evans and think I will never marry you. So in typical Chris Evans fashion, he wasn't going to leave Lizzo hanging. It took him one day to respond. I'm picturing him sitting in his like big mansion with his dog. Just wearing like, a sweater. Wearing a sweater, just like typing out different drafts until he got the perfect one. You know so- he was doing it in notes because he didn't want Lizzo to see those three dots moving. Exactly. So he ended up writing, no shame in a drunk DM, which was followed by a kissing emoji. And then he went on to say, God knows I've done worse on this app, lol, which I think is a reference to the nude photo he he accidentally shared. Do you remember that? 100%. In September of last year. Yeah, nude photo. It was a dick pic and he shared it. <laughs> exactly. Naughty he did boy. Mean to, he did take it down and he tried to kind of, you know, put some social justice matters behind it. But Chris Evans, look, that was just a gift to the world. No shame in that. Well, a normally very private Katie Holmes has posted a series of family photos to her Instagram account this week to celebrate the 15th birthday of her daughter, Suri Cruz. So alongside a series of very cute black and white photos, Katie wrote, Happy 15th birthday, sweetheart. I love you. I can't believe you're already 15. So it's a pretty short and sweet message and wouldn't normally be something to cause headlines, but that's exactly what it's done because it's reignited this conversation around the infamous relationship that Katie Holmes had with Surrey's father, Tom Cruise, and how that's played out in headlines over the years. Yeah, I mean, this relationship, it was short-lived, but boy, it packed a real punch. But let's start where it all began, when they announced their relationship in 2005. But really quick, I have to highlight that there was this brilliant op-ed written by a journalist called Deb Bauer. She wrote it for HuffPost shortly after their divorce was announced. It looks like I'm jumping forward a little bit, but I'm not. And it was titled, Did I Single-Handedly Ruin Katie Holmes's Life? Because very famously, everyone knows that their relationship was a bit of a setup. Mm. Oh, exactly. But this journalist, after yeah, after they got divorced, she came out and talked about the fact that she actually interviewed Katie Holmes back in 2004 for Seventeen magazine, who she was writing for at the time. And at the time, Katie Holmes was engaged to Chris Klein and was dodging wedding questions about their upcoming nuptials. And in a kind of attempt to sway the conversation away from that, she very innocently kind of said, I used to think that I was going to marry Tom Cruise one day. And that quote actually didn't make it into the written piece, but the transcript was shared with the online people for Seventeen Magazine and that quote got pulled out and it ran on site. So that came out in October of 2004. In March of 2005, Katie Holmes and Chris Klein split and by April, Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise were dating. 
I know, and there's such an infamous story around how they got together. So the Church of Scientology has always denied this. We have to say that. But Vanity Fair, a few years after their 2005 relationship kicked off, released a big investigative piece where they had talked to a number of people who had defected from the church or who were involved at the time to say that there was quite an elaborate audition process mm. to find Tom Cruise a wife just because he was so high up in the church and he'd had that really um, public split from Nicole Kidman and then Penelope Cruz had come on the scene. They thought that she would be the one, but she refused to give up her own religious beliefs. And they were kind of trying to find a way for Tom Cruise to stay quite close to the head of Scientology of the church because he gave them so much money and so much press, not all of it good, but at the time quite good, and finding him a suitable Hollywood wife who would mould into that. So sources say that they um, started inviting a lot of actresses along to audition for his movies. And once they got them into the room, they would like kind of start the audition process and then say, what do you think about Tom Cruise? And that was the reason that Katie Holmes was brought in because they knew that she had this infatuation with him. And she apparently gave the best answer that would suit a Scientology wife in that she sounded, and again, this is all alleged, but a number of sources have confirmed this happened. She was the only one who gave an answer that sounded submissive to him, that sounded like it had worship in her voice. And that's what Scientologists believe is what a wife should be. So she was the only one who made it through the audition process, was set up with Tom Cruise. And those very infamous photos of them Pashing, like literally doing that kind of old school, really set up Hollywood kiss and holding hands and hugging all around Rome were set up. Yeah, I mean, it's so obvious looking back at it now, but I'm pretty sure I would have been flipping through those gossip mags thinking, wow, they're so in love. Look at them. And it's so cringy now thinking back at it. But I think people at the time did think it was a setup, mostly because they they both had. I mean, I think I was like. 15. <laughs> One of the reasons was they both had big films coming out at the time. So he had War of the Worlds coming out and she had Batman Begins. And oh, it yes. just seemed like they, because they had no kind of connection or anything like that. And it seemed all of a sudden they were in this really over the top romantic relationship and they had the power to stay away from paparazzi. But at the time, because social media wasn't a big thing and you if a celebrity to wanted there. to kind of get the publicity in that way, they would stage paparazzi pics like this couple did. And that's why people started to think it was a set up until it escalated on Oprah Winfrey's couch. Yeah, and this was wild because I think we have to remember Tom Cruise had been married twice prior to his relationship with Katie Holmes and they were intensely private relationships. No one really knew anything about them and even continued, like to this day, we really don't know what happened between him and Nicole Kidman. She's like super tight-lipped about it. So when he went on to the Oprah Winfrey show, he had just been at a ball that Oprah had thrown and she commented on how intensely private he had been in the past and the fact that they were at this ball, Katie was there and they were all over each other, just infatuated with each other and then we get Tom Cruise (laughs) jumping on the couch, which can I just say, you watch it whenever, 10 years ago, you watch it today and it's just creepier than you could ever imagine. We've never seen you behave this way before. I know. (laughs) Have you ever felt this way before? But can I say, what's even creepier than the footage of him jumping up and down on the couch is the footage that followed just after that where Oprah Winfrey was trying to get Katie to come back out on stage and be part of the interview because she was tucked away in a dressing room. And I think even Tom Cruise is trying to get her to come out and she's quite hidden away. And they get a cameraman to like chase her through the backstage area of Oprah Winfrey's show and she's got her hands over her face and she's oh running. Oh, my God. And it's kind of like that's the first time because before that we'd only ever seen her. I only knew her as like an actress, you know, Joey Potter and... 
and, you know, kind of being this kind of teen sensation. And so that's the first time you kind of saw her being like submissive, hidden away, Mm. kind of just an accessory to Tom Cruise. And the fact that he was trying to drag her on stage and she was saying no was kind of the first hint that this was a very strange relationship. Yeah, I found it really interesting the language he used and he seemed really weird about talking about it because she's just like, well, how did it all kick off? It's gone from zero to 100 really quick. And he's like, I'm in love. I'm in love. It's one of those things where you want to be cool, but you can't. And then he added, I wanted to meet this person and I met her and she's extraordinary. And he talks about it and he's like, you know, I'm just one of those people that people want to meet to talk about life and to talk about career. He kept trying not to say it and then saying it. And that's all we got out of it. But it was very obvious. He was alluding to the fact that he had I think auditioned all of these women, meeting of them about life. Yeah, their future life as his wife. Like, very strange looking back on it. Yeah, and then they were engaged just a few. I think they were together eight weeks before they had that big engagement in the yeah. Eiffel Tower. Like, it's all just so oh kind of like Idiot impersonal me, and weird. <laughs> I love how I'm sorry, breaking all your dreams on this podcast. No, it's good. It's good. I need the schooling. It's interesting how the interviews that came out about that at the time, because apparently Katie's father in particular yeah. um, well, was a very, devout Catholic. Yeah, exactly. A devout Catholic and was very opposed to the relationship and could see her getting sucked into this world of Scientology because in order to be with Tom Cruise, she had to go through that auditing process that oh, they do yuck. where they, they move through the different stages and they answer all the different questions and that's all kept on record and it's all very intense. And that's what people say is what keeps people in that religion is because they have Once their they deepest, have that information on you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then you can't break away from it. And allegedly, and again, this is from that big Vanity Fair report into Katie Holmes being held in Scientology and Tom Cruise's role in it, was that her father was devising a plan with some other people to try and give her an escape route as they were planning to get married. And one of the ways they were trying to kind of get her away from him was that her father was going to publicly denounce Scientology, which would then make him an oppressive person, which means that she therefore could have no contact with him, which is a very risky game. But it also means that he was hoping that if it was a choice between Katie Holmes choosing her family or Tom Cruise, if it came down to it, would that give her the push? And then the article says, but then her father found out that she was pregnant with Suri and he put everything on the back burner and instead just helped her get a really good prenup that none of the other women in Tom Cruise's life before had been able to negotiate and they put the whole idea to kind of publicly slam Scientology on the back burner because there was a baby on the way. Wow, that's something I didn't know and that's so interesting because, yeah, I mean, he was very instrumental, we'll get to that later, in helping her plan the getaway. It's so weird that this is her life and it's real. And everyone was just watching it being like, yeah, this is a thing. And then because they were so public about the pregnancy in a way because Tom Cruise had always had a lot to say about pregnant women. Remember when he like publicly slammed Brooke Shields for using medication for postnatal yes. depression and he went on that interview with Matt, Matt Lauer thing and was like, don't be glib, you don't understand and was very intense about it. And then he even bought his own sonogram machine to have at home so that he could track Suri Cruz's development through his own sonogram machine because he didn't trust the doctors and he was so intense. I'm just picturing like poor Katie Holmes who's like pregnant thinking oh my god what how do I get myself into this every day having to go down to the sonogram room in Tom Cruise's house and have him like inspect her uterus up it's close and personal. It's some real Handmaid's Tale stuff. Exactly hey. and then a warning came out from the Food and Drug Administration saying that the private use of a sonogram machine is actually incredibly dangerous and violates the law. Wow. So this, you had 
all this kind of controversy. This is even before Suri, poor little Suri Kuru's came into the world around her birth. Yeah, that's insane. So the timeline, though, they get engaged in June 2005, after seven weeks of meeting, and then in October of 2005 they announce they're expecting and then she gives birth in April the following year to a baby girl but then we don't get to see her for ages and this is at the top of tabloid culture and obviously social media is relatively like mm, not, but having a magazine cover was the that thing was back it. Then. and everyone was doing it even couples like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie who were notoriously yeah. private in other ways were doing the big magazine reveal cover Jennifer Lopez was doing it like if you were an A-list star at the time the big cachet of having a baby was doing a magazine cover reveal there was very intense competition over who got the most money which they then like donated to charity but it wasn't the point was having the prestige of who could get the best magazine cover, who had the best baby reveal shot, who got the best deal, who had the best intimate photos. And like it was all about revealing your baby. So the fact that they didn't do that was kind of setting off alarm bells for people. They, they announced the birth and the significance of her name, that it met princess and all this kind of stuff. And Red there was Rose. so, yeah, all these kind of things. And then there were no actual pictures of the baby. And people were thinking, like, you know, this is the celeb couple, like Tomcat, as they were known. Where is their big pregnancy? Been so public about their relationship. Exactly. Like, honestly, like, Tom Cruise is, like, one step away from, like, inviting the world into Katie Holmes's uterus with his sonogram machine. Like, that's how intense they were. And then all of a sudden, just nothing, no information, no photos, nothing like that. And then people started to really speculate, like, was it a stunt pregnancy and now they didn't have, like, a baby to show? People started to speculate, like, was she somehow, like, some sort of, like, an alien baby because that's, like, tied to Scientology. Yeah. And they were saying, like, maybe, like, she was disfigured or something. Like, the rumours were really intense and all and something that like it was a really ugly side of tabloid culture so even before Suri Cruz had been introduced to the world she was already this infamous public figure which was crazy I know and she was so cute on that Vanity Fair cover I will say that was a gorgeous shoot so then they finally had the Vanity Fair cover yeah. shot by Annie Leibovitz and it's little Suri Cruz's face She's in a leather jacket out of Tom Cruise's jacket and then the caption on that image was something like Suri, she's our girl or something like that to kind of be like, guys, it's fine. Suri, she's a human. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She's real and she's fine. And it was very much kind of like trying to throw those rumours back in people's faces, being like, yeah, guys, she's just a normal baby. But after that, then Suri Cruz was really in the spotlight. Like her whole life was very much Tom Cruise carrying her through, you know, like publicity events and travelling the world with her. And she was a very photogenic baby. So she just made for good. (laughs) A photogenic baby. You know, she's just a baby. Well, she was a baby, but I don't know. Like, you look at the pictures of her. She was, I mean, her birth spawned one of pop culture's best things. One of the original celeb satire gossipy sites, Suri's Burn Book. I know, which it's still there if anyone wants to go look at it. It's just the greatest thing. It's a Tumblr and it's like a study in Suri and the people who disappoint her. And she was disappointed a lot. She was disappointed a lot. And also it's just like this whole catalogue of images and someone writing from the point of view of Suri Cruz. And basically she's just dissing all the other celeb kids. It's kind of like Nori's Black Book of now. Okay, but we've got to get to the divorce announcement because we could bloody talk about this all day. I feel like the divorce announcement was one of those moments where you never forget where you were at the time. Right. Like, I did not see this coming. She released a statement to People magazine. Hey, I'm getting divorced. She filed her papers. Everyone was shocked. 
including Tom Cruise himself, who had no idea that this was coming. And he later said that he didn't see it coming. Like he's been quite open about the fact that he was blindsided. He said, I was in my 50s, this curve wall was thrown my way, and I had to kind of start again. They were able to reach a divorce settlement in 11 days. Wow, I know that's crazy to think of. And I do remember that happening at a time. There was this kind of collective sigh of relief from the world that Katie Mm. Holmes had escaped this man, this kind of crazy... um, But shock that she could escape him too, which I think is like, we should have cared more about this. I think one of the reasons, I mean, it's hard to sort of know what happened behind the scenes, but I think one of the reasons that people have said over the years is that she was able to escape is that she had so publicly like denounced Scientology, not publicly in a statement, but by taking Suri away and setting her up in a school and kind of cutting all ties with Scientology. And, and she was going she to Catholic that, church a lot, exactly. very visibly. And so then Tom Cruise had to make the decision to cut her off, which is something that Leah Remini, the actress who very infamously is probably the most high profile person to have left the Church of Scientology. She was in there since she was seven years old and was one of their very high-ranking members. And she's publicly talked about both in her book and her TV series about the fact that once Katie Holmes did that, even Suri was seen as an oppressive person or someone that Tom Cruise could no longer have contact with. The policy of the church is you can't be connected to someone who has committed a suppressive act which I have, um, Katie has, for right. the church policy. Got it. So you, you can't be connected to that. You know, you have to shun that particular person. And since then, the big question has been the f- around the fact that Tom Cruise has not been publicly seen with Surrey since 2013, which interestingly, is also the same year that Katie Holmes started very quietly dating Jamie Foxx. But remember Mm. how they couldn't publicly be seen together for close to a decade because that's allegedly, that was the kind of clincher in that big prenup agreement that her father put together for her and that her team kind of pushed is that Tom was like, if you ever leave me, then you cannot publicly be in a relationship with anyone else for a decade and your life will still be monitored by me. So she almost, she escaped him, but she just had to go live in a different prison. Well, he might try to be the uh, people's celebrity, but Katie Holmes, she is the real standout star of this story, my girl. Well, thank you so much for listening to this spill today. And while you're listening, please follow us and leave us a review. Just pop into your podcast app, give us five stars and let us know what you love about the show. This episode of The Spill was produced by Madeline Joanno and myself, Laura Brodnick, with audio production by Leah Porges. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.